Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. The mission of the Mosaic Life Podcast is to explore happiness and what it means to us as individuals and why so many of us chase it, and yet we never seem to find it. If you find a value in this episode or in the podcast in general, you can show your support by taking one minute to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps others just like yourselves discover the Mosaic Life podcast and, of course, helps support the guests who share their time with me. You can also visit themosaiclifepodcast.com to check out the resources from this episode and to sign up for the Circle newsletter. Everyone who signs up in February, March, and April will be entered to win a Mosaic Life podcast t-shirt. I know I say this all of the time, but it's becoming very apparent that my gratitude knows no bounds. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but simply to recognize that as I continue having the opportunity to speak with incredible people from all over the world... I never find myself hearing the same things twice. Every new perspective that is shared with me is a new opportunity for me to understand what it is that has allowed my guests to grow beyond the confines of mediocrity. And I don't want to place judgment on that word, mediocrity, because it means something different to every single one of us. What I mean to say is that these amazing people I speak with haven't stopped short of demanding the best for themselves and their work, their businesses, or their families. And my guest today has gained an amazing understanding of this, demanding the best for herself in all of these areas. Renee Warren is an award-winning entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, and founder of We Wild Women, a platform that helps entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. She's also the host of the celebrated podcast, Into the Wild. Renee firmly believes that the best advice comes from someone who has successfully done it before. Her approach to coaching comes from over 22 years of experience as an entrepreneur and unapologetic risk taker. Having these conversations is an opportunity for me, for you, to find pieces of wisdom to apply to our own lives. It's a great reminder that we should be having more conversations, period. Whether you agree with someone or whether you don't, I'd argue, especially if you don't, having a conversation with someone is an amazing way to appreciate and learn from our differences. Because once we stop learning, that's when we stop growing. I'm so excited to welcome my guest, Renee Warren. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's your day going? Um, well, really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's family day here in Canada, oh. which as an entrepreneur parent, yeah. you often forget of these things. <laughs> and then <laughs> you have to manage your business and your kids at the same time. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. So t- well, I, I'm not familiar with family day. Tell me about family day. So I don't know too much. They started this a few years ago because I feel like February was the only month of the year that they didn't have a holiday. So there's no long weekend. And yeah, I don't know the history, but most provinces have it on the same day. Okay. Um, But yeah, so they just, they, I don't know, they instilled it and it's really fun. I think most places are still open. Yeah. It's just like banks and schools and stuff are closed. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so you spend the day with your kids or you don't. <laughs> I'm only doing half the day after this. I mean, it's a beautiful day. It's snowing a little bit here, yeah. so we'll probably just go for a hike or something. Oh, that's cool. And remind me, what part of Canada are you in? So we're in Kelowna, British Columbia. Okay, that's great. I remember... It's, uh, it's, this, it's, a, it's a city that is, like, growing so fast because yeah. it is absolutely beautiful it's kind of like the secret gem that's awesome people say it's like san diego of the north (laughs) it's not like tropical as san diego is but the idea is like the mentality the the food just like it's it's much smaller too but um it's such a beautiful place to be that's fantastic i you know 
I've I've been to Canada a couple times. Uh, seriously, just a handful, and I, I barely went over the border uh, into Niagara Falls. So I I highly doubt I got the the full Canadian treatment. But I've heard just wonderful things about uh, the entire country. So I, I I would love to go up there and visit at some point in time. I've I've especially Banff. I, I've heard just incredible things mm. about that area. Yeah, funny enough, I've never been there. Really. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been coast to coast. We we are from the East Coast, like super East Coast, that where our time zone is actually Atlantic Canadian time zone. So okay. we're an hour ahead of East Coast. Okay. Um, and so I guess it wouldn't be any different than oh no. So is Alaska on um, Pacific time, or do they have a different time zone? You're, oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't. I should probably know the answer to that. I, I don't know the answer oh. to that. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing it's probably. Pacific. Um, I don't think it's that yeah. much further west than California, but that may be showing my ignorance. I don't know. I think it is. Okay. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I love looking at maps. So I know this. I probably yeah. know where every single one of your states are. Yeah. Um, no. And then, so like, it's kind of like, I mean, if you look at the East coast of the US, so like we'll yeah. say Maine, right? Like Maine pretty much is Canada. It's, it punches up into Canada. Right. We should just take it. <laughs> we should have it. Um, I mean, and most Americans are like Maine. We even have a state that's called Maine. Maine um, is beautiful. I, but, I have been there. It's a gorgeous state. Oh yeah. 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 But you like coast to coast, like when you think of Maine, think of like, like fishing yeah. towns and like yeah. super nice people. Yeah. And then the West coast is like, just like in the States, there's mountains and like beaches and it's just, it's really beautiful. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I I will need to go up there at some point in time. Um, yeah, just like I said, I've heard absolutely wonderful things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure to be connected with wonderful people. Uh, Amber herself has has made some incredible connections, and I'm so excited to talk with you. And just, uh, for a little bit of additional context, how did you and Amber connect? So I was on Melissa's or um, Melinda's uh, Wings of the Inspired. Oh entrepreneur podcast yeah. or something like that and then so she introduced me to amber because she she knew that amber was starting a podcast and she thought i'd be a good fit for a guest that's great um so yeah that we just connected and then i reached out to melinda a couple weeks ago i'm like hey i'm looking for some really cool guests for my show and then she reintroduced me to amber i was like <laughs> i'm done like you've already introduced me to amber and then amber turned around and introduced me to some incredible people. So awesome. um, for me, it was like, I'm looking to be on shows yeah. and as well as having guests for my show. So that's, that's how we met. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I, I've been podcasting for, I don't know, four or so years. This particular podcast is about a year and a half old. And I'm just, it's, it's very, it's, it's very endearing to see how close knit the community can be. If you really, if you really want it to be mm -hmm. that you can, you can obviously have a, very, a scarcity mindset, which you can have a scarcity mindset in any industry. But uh, when people really take time to cherish the value of their guests and their networks, the, the growth is infinite. And it, I, I've been so lucky to see that with, and to, to experience that with the people I've been connected to. I just, I absolutely love it. Yeah, no, it's the thing about podcasting. It's almost like this rule. If you if you're driving a Jeep, <laughs> it's like every other Jeep driver that you come across gives you the peace sign. Like it's like, yo, yeah. you're in my club. We're in the Jeep club. <laughs> and with podcasting, yes. I feel like it's the same thing. It's it like, is. yo, we're in this club and yeah. it's super awesome and it's an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your podcast and tell me about your experiences within the industry. It just I, I know you have a very unique perspective and I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I, so when I was launching my recent company, um, like the, so the company before I had, this was a very successful PR agency and we got into content marketing very, at the very beginning. Yeah. And so we were like the first comp kind of like a real agency that does PR and content and coming into this content play for myself. Like I know, I know foundationally what it does for SEO and all this stuff. Right. Um, and we know how successful we, we've had one client put it this way. So content, and I'm going to get to the point. We used to write content on behalf of our clients contributed to top publications. Yeah. And there was one client in particular, I come back to the story. His name was Brenton. We did a lot of content for him. 
And one of the posts that we had published on entrepreneur.com got syndicated to Yahoo Finance, which subsequently sent so much traffic to their website that it broke their website. (laughs) Um, But that same piece, that same article got picked up by Fox News and they got interested in, um, you know, talking with Brendan. And we used this as leverage to get into the Steve Harvey show. And before we know it, one blog post led to him having an episode on the Steve Harvey show. (laughs) That's incredible. That's amazing. So the content thing. So I'm a huge Amy Porterfield fan. And I remember listening to one of her episodes. She's like, blogging is dying. Everyone's podcasting. So she didn't say those words because she never poo-poos on anyone's industry. But the whole, how I interpret it was the blogging's dying. So start a podcast. And I'm like, can't be that hard. You just speak into a microphone and then you upload the the episode <laughs> sure. to the the internets. Well, it has been quite the experience. And I remember, so I went to uh, a summit in Palm Springs, California called Alt Summit. And I jumped into a quick podcasting um, presentation. Now, this yeah. was like two-ish years ago. And the woman, the lady was talking about how to start a podcast. And at this point, I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go in because I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. And she goes, most podcasts don't survive past eight episodes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to defy the odds and launch with <laughs> nine episodes then because yes. then I know that I'm successful. There you go. It's a good strategy. Um, all right. So then I launched with nine episodes and I've been committed to it now. We're going to be um, publishing episodes. So today was episode 57 and I started Great. this last April. That's awesome. Um, so consistently weekly, it's my first, like hasn't even been a year podcasting. And um, the the question about ROI came up. So yeah. I was having this conversation with my husband and he's like, what's, what's your investment or what's your ROI of podcasting. And at the time I was like, Oh dude, I don't know. Am I supposed to have some sort of fancy (laughs) spreadsheet with this? Like, I really don't know. And I've looked at ways to monetize the, the show and all this stuff. Um, anyway, so it finally happened one day when I was on a sales call and this was months ago, this was last year. I was on a sales call and I was speaking with a woman. And one of the questions I asked was like, where did you first hear about me? And she said, well, I found you on Instagram and then I saw that you had a podcast. So I listened to a couple episodes and it really drilled in the notion that I needed to work with you. And so that was validation. So I was like, ah, there it is. There's the ROI. It's the validation that I've established myself as an authority in the space. Yeah. And so that's been my podcasting journey and it's, it's a hell of a lot more work than I thought. <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. Um, what I love about podcasting at the same time, what makes it more difficult than anything else, which I imagine, you know, 10 years ago was probably the same story for, for blogging is that the, the, the barrier to entry is so low. Um, anybody who wants to create content can create content. And that's phenomenal. People, the people need to scratch their itch. They need to be able to express themselves. And this is a great platform for doing so. But if you're serious about it and you want to have an ROI and you want to build an audience, it is astronomically more difficult because there are so many creators out there, which is, again, a fantastic thing. It's it's a kind of a catch-22. You want to really set yourself ahead in this space, but you have to get past so many people. And again, I feel like I'm I'm breeding that, uh, that scarcity mindset, and it, I shouldn't, but it takes so much work to really build that audience that you really have to do it for yourself before you can do it for others. Yeah. And uh, yes, there's a lot of competition out there. Here's the thing is what I know about podcasting is people jump in to to listen to specific episodes for the things right now. Yeah. And while the, the most important thing as a podcaster is to be consistent, yes. consistently showing up, Absolutely. not taking breaks, like promoting, finding the right guests. If you're if you're interviewing people, yeah. it's that consistency and it's the it's defying the odds it's launching with more than eight episodes it's going at it and like tweaking things so like hey you know maybe interview-based episodes don't work for me so i'll switch that but it's looking at ways to 
to create more opportunity for yourself in podcasting. And I've created some epic relationships. And I will say yes. this because I started recording these interviews when we first went into lockdown back in March, this yeah. was like the real quarantine of COVID. Yeah. Um, so it was like two and a half months for us where we were located in Canada. And I was recording like two or three episodes a week during that time. Yeah. And those conversations with those other women was part of my mental health and getting through that lockdown. I didn't realize it at the time, yeah. but you know, we had an hour and a half to chat and the first half an hour was really talking about like what's going on in the world and how this is affecting us. And it was actually a breath of fresh air. And to this day, every guest I have on my show um, has become close friends. Like That's I amazing. promote their stuff, we chat and I've, I've loved it. That's incredible. Yeah, I love hearing that. Um, when you have, you know, I, I've I've tried to really build set the expectation with my guests that you know, listen, this is I appreciate you spending an hour of your time with me. I appreciate you promoting this when this comes out, and I want to be a beneficial part of your network. Um, building relationships is one of my favorite things to do, and it's been the the single most important thing that I can do in my business, and making sure that I am creating a positive impact for the people who spend their time with me is it's it's so paramount to my mission and so yeah i i love staying connected with with my guests i love introducing them amongst themselves and just saying hey listen if, if i can be a resource to you in any way shape or form please let me know i want to be of service to you and that's that's been so important in my growth yeah no, and that's the thing. And so I, my specialty is in PR. Yeah. And I always teach my clients, the most important thing is the relations part of yeah. public relations. And it's developing relationships everywhere you go. Yeah. And it's showing up, being authentic, being kind and being patient. Yes, you grow influence and then all of a sudden you're slowly gaining popularity. You still need to maintain the kindness. Right. My favorite quote is by Stevie Nicks. She says, if you're gracious, you've already run the, won the game. Yeah. And Absolutely. that is sewn into the fabric of my being and how I show up in the world, regardless of who you are, or how many followers you have, or, you know, what you've accomplished in life, because everybody deserves that chance. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That was a tangent. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. You know, uh, when we first spoke, you said something to me and it, it's, it's, it's stuck with me. Um, and I, I appreciate it. And I, I want to share it. You know, you said things that don't get easier, you get better. And that was, I think that's very relevant to this particular conversation around content creation. What does, I mean, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Brene Brown when she says, if you're not the one in the ring getting punched, then your opinion doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I could just, you know, just talk about that quote all day. Yeah. Um, but state that question again, because I feel like I need a better answer than what I was going to say. No, I mean, I, I, I love, I would love to dig into that, but you know, the, the, obviously the, the quote was things don't get easier, you get better. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm curious what that means mm -hmm. in your own life. Cause you're the one who turned beyond to that quote and it, it means yeah. a lot because you, to you, you see yes. yourself in the mirror every single day. And so those minute changes yes. are not perceptible. But when somebody sees you that you haven't seen in a couple months, like, holy crap, what happened to you, Trey? I mean, you look fantastic. You sound great. You sound so positive. What have you been doing? And so, yeah, right. it's just, I'm, I'm getting better. And it, it, nothing has gotten easier. If somebody went out and tried what I'm doing, it would be hard. But it's that hard work that yep. I've put in. Right. And, and that's the thing is understand. So if you have the mindset of knowing, okay, you're in the weeds of doing something, you're launching a business or, you know, building a house, all these very overwhelming things is everything that you've learned and every failure that you've had and you've overcome makes you a better person and makes you stronger and understanding how you can be in that situation. Yeah. And I remember this, this was not even that long ago when I was, it was like my night off and I was in the bath and I was just decompressing and yeah. things weren't going the way I wanted in my business. And I was having this moment and I was crying and I, I text messaged my husband and I said, I'm a failure. And at this moment I was like, I just want to throw in the towel. Like I'm done. Like I'm done. I'm just going to be a stay at home mom. And I'm not, not just, but I'm going to just stay home yeah. <laughs> and then I'll figure the rest of my life out. And then he came in and he sat next to me and he's like, Hey, what's going on? 
And he's actually the one that told me that quote is life doesn't get easier. You get better, but you have to choose to get better. And so in that moment of reflection, I was like, oh my gosh, this is tough. Um, But in that moment, I was like, you're right. Okay. This is, I'm getting kicked. I'm down. I'm getting kicked. I'm going to get back up again. At that very moment, my inbox blew up. I got two clients or so two clients that week and I got accepted as a contributor to entrepreneur.com again. That's amazing. And so it's kind of like I manifest that and knowing that stuff is going to happen in your life, regardless of what you do, it's going to be tough. But if you face that same circumstance again, you know what to do yes. and you know how you will can react in that situation. And so you immediately get better. So for any challenge you face, if you face it again, you will get better. You have to choose to get better so that when you face these things again, it's not as tough on you. And then it gives you the opportunity to also teach the people around you how to be a leader and how to overcome those failures. Yeah, that is, that is so pertinent uh, for, for me right now. I, that this, this morning, this morning I woke up um, and, you know, I, I, I have an email list for the podcast. It's relatively new, so it's still relatively small. And I had a notification that I'd lost two subscribers overnight. And that to me just feels like a punch in the gut. Like, why am I, why am I doing this? I mean, it, does this content matter to anybody? It is this vicious circle of self-doubt and negative self-talk that can really get you spiraling down the drain. And even though there are people who find value in what you're doing, you know that, you know that for a fact, it is so easy to feel like giving up and quitting in any moment of, 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 of negativity or, or, or self-doubt. And I, I, I feel you on, on, on what you said there. And it's, you're very much right. You know, it's how you, how you respond to it, how you pick yourself back up and say, all right, listen, I'm me personally, I'm about to have this incredible conversation with this incredible businesswoman. And I cannot, I cannot show up in a, in a bad headspace for that. I want to continue creating magnificent content that helps benefit people. Or I could have come to this conversation and, and just been down the entire time, which would not do uh, any of us favors. <laughs> well, and here's the thing is everybody has started with zero followers, zero money in the bank, yeah. zero attention. We've all started there. Right. And it's not like it's this incremental hockey stick growth or snowball effect when we're starting anything new. Right. No, it's like you get this momentum and then you plateau. And that's normal for absolutely everything. Every journey, there's a plateau. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that, you can expect it. You'd be like, oh, this is just, you know, the ebbs and flows. And here we are, we're ebbing. Next yeah. week, we'll be flowing. And the other thing, too, is those two people that unsubscribed, who's to say they won't come back? Right. And who's to say that of all the other people that aren't even speaking up, how much you've touched them in some way, how much you've helped them create more happiness in their lives. I, I didn't realize the, the profound effect I've had on a lot of, of my followers lives. I don't have a huge follow following on Instagram, for instance, but I'll randomly get these messages being like, Hey, Renee, oh my gosh, this thing you said last year really got me through a tough time. Or I've been following you for a while and I admire you. I'm like, where, like, where are you coming from? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Um, and it's like, wow, I've changed people's lives. Yes. And now I'm not going to look at those unsubscribers. They're more than just a thing that happened. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I want to do something that I, I haven't really done before. I, you know, at the end of the podcast, at the end of every episode, I ask people what their life-changing book is, and um, you, you you gave me two, which is fantastic. So I want to I want to create a, a, qu- a quick spoiler on one of them because, first of all, uh, this author is he's probably the inspiration for this podcast. He's he's changed my life dramatically, and it's very relevant uh, the the book that you mentioned to this particular conversation. The obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. And it's how we face obstacles and see them as opportunities and ways for us to grow that we become better human beings. And I, I would love to hear how that book has affected your life. Oh my gosh, the the one story in particular. So we've, my husband and I know Ryan Holiday, and we've known his his writing for quite some time. Yeah. And this book, I believe, was gifted to us, and it sat on a shelf for a while. Um, and when my youngest son, who's now seven and a half, he was just over 
three years old. Um, he fell in right in front of me and broke his arm yeah. and which required surgery. And being a parent, I took all responsibility for this because I'm like, why didn't I protect him? Why didn't I tell him not to do that? He was on a kid's bouncy castle. He was jumping. That's what you do on a bouncy castle. (laughs) So anyway, this happened and this was the day before, oh no, this was two days before we were leaving on a week-long vacation with friends. We rented a cottage with them. Um, And so I was not too sure what to do with that part of it. But here's the thing. So we stayed the night in the hospital, my son, Noah, and I, next morning at 8 a.m., he had his surgery. It was a closed surgery. They were just resetting the bone. Yeah. Um, and he was to be discharged at 1 p.m. So everything went perfectly well. Meanwhile, there is nobody else, including Noah, in any part of this that was worried or overwhelmed. I was the one that was taking it all in. And so... I felt super guilty. I felt so bad. I'm like, no, it's going to be in the cast all summer now. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's not fun. Right. Um, and so he, so the next day, or so, sorry, that day was the day that everyone was leaving to go to the cottage. And I told my husband, I was like, you take Max, my other son. I'm like, you go, like, don't let this slow you down. You guys go have fun. And, and I'll call you um, later on in the day if Noah feels like he wants to join. And so we're leaving the hospital and I'm like, Hey, Noah, buddy. Like he's, he's on no medications. Like he's not on Tylenol or anything. He's such a tough cookie. And I was like, do you want to go home and relax? Do you want to go to the cottage with our friends? And he's like, I want to go to the cottage. I was like, okay, so we're going. So I packed his stuff up, drove an hour and a half and we arrived and he was playing like nothing happened. The next day, the next day, he went on his first roller coaster ride and I'm sitting there like protecting him. Like, this is yeah. silly. He shouldn't be on a roller coaster. But even the doctor said he's free to do whatever he wants. Just don't get the cast wet. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this just to me is insane that I would let my kid go on a roller coaster. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why aren't I seeing the lesson in this? And it just so happened. I was cleaning up the sunroom when we got home after that week. And this book was there. And it just like popped off the shelf at me. And so I started reading it yes. and then devoured it within a couple of days to just learn my lesson about why that had to happen. That was a huge obstacle. It was a huge learning curve for me. Yeah. And that book taught me how to see obstacles differently. That's incredible. And I mean, in my life, there's been so much crap that's happened, but this one instance was such a momentous occasion in me understanding what it meant to to be a parent to face challenges and really learning about my son as well um and so now when i go through these things again it's like well guess what happened it was two years later we were leaving to go from one town back to our hometown we're we're like two hours away from leaving to go to the airport my son was at the park and fell and broke his other arm (laughs) and i'm like are you serious? So we had to cancel our flights and then go to the hospital. And we were in a different province and we don't have like, we don't, I didn't have my health card or anything on me at the time because I wouldn't have brought it with me to the hospital. Um, But we were very well prepared for that circumstance and having been through it before, I was like, chill as a cucumber. I'm like, Hey buddy, do you want some chips? (laughs) You want some gum? Like, can I like, like, let's do this. And we got through it so much faster because we'd all been through it before and we're all kind of laughing about it. It's like, ah, ha, ha, now we know what to expect. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, yeah. And so now like faced with those challenges, it's kind of like, like I know how my body physiologically reacts to um, these situations, even just like being late for a flight or something like that. But now I know it's just not the end of the world. Yeah. So why am I overwhelmed by this? That's such an important lesson. There's... Um... I don't know if it's a saying or just a quote, a more fati. I, I, it's, it's a stoic saying. It's essentially, you know, love the, the situation that you're given, love the circumstance that you're in. And obviously that could be somewhat hyperbolic, but if you look at every situation with love as opposed to hatred or fear, you're right. You're, you're going to be so much better prepared for what is to come. Um, that entire series, Stillness is the Key, Ego is the Enemy, 
the obstacles the way I just went backwards. But they are all books that have just had such profound impact on my own life. And I feel like I read each of them at, at a time that I was meant to. I read Ego is the Enemy uh, first and foremost, and that was when I was first turned on to Ryan. And that... <sighs> In my twenties, I was very much an egomaniac. I, I I've told I've I've mentioned this before. I thought everything that I did was just the best thing ever. And when in actuality it wasn't it wasn't. It it just simply wasn't. And, and when I was able to understand what ego was and how instead of initially I thought that I could just shut it down. I could, I thought I could just remove myself from it. I could have the two operate independently, which is not the case, but since reading that, I was able to understand what exactly it is and how I can work in tandem with it and how I can be someone who I, I, I respect uh, if I were to be a third party. I understand you know, what, it, what it means to, to walk in tandem with it. And it has, it has changed my life and been able, I've been able to better approach situations and projects and this podcast, for example, um, because of it. So th yeah, those three books have just had profound impacts on, on the world around me. Yeah. I haven't read, um, so I've read ego is the enemy and the obstacles away, but I haven't read the others yet. Still, stillness is the key is a great <laughs> book. Um, it, uh, it's, I mean, it is exactly what it sounds like, and it it, it inspired me to seek out stillness uh, much more, as opposed to always being turned on and, and connected. And it's uh, it was a good reminder that we don't need to have beeps and pings and, and buzzes every second of every day. No, it's kind of like when you're building a muscle; it needs the rest to repair. Yeah. Without that rest, it can't repair, and you actually can't use that muscle. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So tell me a little bit more about your work. I, I know you have a mission of inspiring a million women to start their dream business. Where, where did that stem from? Well, geez, where did it stem from? Um, I would say I'm, I'm a feminist, which I feel like most women are, so we're yeah. even weird saying that. Um, but I understand the, just the sheer power women have and we know we've been oppressed for so long and i'm not going to get all like woo woo on you but you know there's this woman sure. this dr valerie rain who i admire she wrote the book the patriarchy stress disorder it really goes into talking about how women's oppression has caused generational trauma that kids like girls inherit like pretty much the moment they're born right um and the same is through like racism and like all the trauma and slavery it's the same deal and so women are all, even to this day, even in 2021, we are still oppressed. Yeah. It's still happening. And it's unconscious for many. It's conscious for some. It's unintentional for many. It's intentional for some. Right. And I just know that, you know, we got to break the stigma. Yeah. Yes, women are the ones that birth kids, but come on, like things have changed. We are so capable to be sitting at that table. Absolutely. And let me tell you this. Having been turned away for so many years, so many thousands of years, we're starting to build our own damn table. Yes. And it is a beautiful thing. And so for me, it's like, I want to encourage women to really lean into their purpose and their passion because they are capable. And there's probably not a lot enough people telling women that they can do this. And so while I know there's many facets in which women can be more powerful, for me, I understand entrepreneurship because I've been an entrepreneur since I was 17. Yeah. And so that's my vessel. And I know that women can gain a position of power by leading their own business. And so how we do that is through coaching and training, um, but also just being a supporter. I am like your number one cheerleader. Yes. I remember when I was closing down my, my last agency and I did an exit interview with some of my top, my top team. Um, and I asked them one question is like, what is one word that you could describe me? And there was three people that says, um, you're a cheerleader, like supporter cheerleader. Yeah. And for me, it's like, that's what I do is I cheerlead. I just want people to see the best in themselves. I want, I want people to try and yes, it sucks. I want to see people fail and recover from that failure. Yeah. I don't want people to fail, but you know, it's just inevitable with success is Absolutely. you have to fail. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so why women? It's because 
women are just as capable. And I don't feel like we've been given the spotlight enough to actually prove ourselves. And so that's why I started that. And that's why I created that mission. Well, that's incredible. Um, to, to go back just a little bit, I, in regard to failure, I, I think we need to rewrite the story of failure because it is so imperative to our growth. And if we're not failing, we're not trying enough new things. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think if we mm-hmm. embraced failure a little bit more, then we'd be more inclined to, you know, find ourselves in positions that, that we want to be in. Yeah. And the thing about failure too, is we think that because we've failed once that the thing that we're pursuing is not the right thing, which is such BS because most people like you think here, Rachel Hollis, for example, like she became famous when she launched the book, girl, uh, wash your face. I think it was, um, she had written eight books prior to that. And she was quote, a nobody. But she was hustling in her business and blogging and writing books and doing her thing. And then all of a sudden this book happened and now she's famous. People are like, oh, overnight success. Uh, I'm like, no. uh, Yeah. uh Uh-uh. That doesn't happen. And she's failed. Right. She's failed so many times over, but she kept going. She kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And and I admire that. And not to the point of being physically ill or, you know, affecting your relationships or or your wealth, Um, but to the point where it's like, when it breaks, it breaks. And then you fix it and you keep going. Um, for me, when I ran my PR agency, we were very successful and we had some incredible clients from all over the world. I launched it when I was eight months pregnant with my first son and welcome to my second son in that same year. So I launched a business and had two babies within 12 months. Um, I don't recommend that, (laughs) but I mean, talk about failure. Holy. And there was parenting failure and business failure and relationships failure, all like jammed packed in a good year. Um, but like, that wasn't like, that was an overnight success. That was, we grew that agency to a million dollars within the first couple of years, which was good. But prior to that, I had sold an agency. I had started some consulting companies. I had been doing stuff. And if it wasn't for failure, it wasn't for appreciating what I learned from those terrible moments in my right. life. I wouldn't be where I am. Absolutely. You wouldn't be where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I cannot stress that enough. And when it comes to your success, what are some systems you've built for that? Um, I always say consistency is your currency. You, uh, for anything in life, yeah. you have to be consistent at it. Um, for me, it's systems. So we, family life, we apply all of our business philosophies to our family life. So my husband and I, we have team, him and I team standups every Friday. We do quarterly retreats to work on our businesses together, to work on a relationship. Um, and so whatever we, we systems we use to successfully run our businesses, we apply that to our family life, which has helped us run our own businesses and raise a family at the same time. Um, and so in my business, it's all about like scheduling and, um, quick meetings and, and like, I don't want to say we have like this particular system, but I genuinely believe in creating an SOP. So standard operating procedure for every task that you do. So if I've in my team, I train my team based on those SOPs and they're expected to update, create those SOPs as they move along in their role with me yeah. because things change. Um, and so like the, the biggest thing really is in, in delegating and getting your time back to be able to focus on, on the right things that move your, your business forward. That's yeah, that's incredible. And that's, uh, uh, it reminds me of, uh, something we talked about initially when we, when we were talking about scheduling, um, in regard to our business in regard to podcasting. And you, you were telling me, I think you were telling me that, you know, when you first started, you know, in, in your career, when you, when you had, you didn't, you didn't think about actually having a calendar. Like now we can't even live without our calendars. Yeah. yeah it's, it's honestly now, I mean, in regard to podcasting, I've been using Calendly and I, I use Zapier to, to automate certain tasks. And sometimes I'll look at my day and I'm like, Oh, I've got something coming up that I, I didn't even realize. And just having that in place, it saves so much time. Yeah. So I do a, a Friday review. So every Friday morning I submit to myself, my metrics and my financial report. And so I look at my numbers every week, what's coming in, what's going out, what our projections are for the month. Um, so that I have to the penny understanding of what's in my bank account 
um, because I believe in manifestation. So it's like, Hey, I want this to be 10 X bigger by the end of this month. <laughs> Maybe I can make this happen. Um, but doing that self accountability is so important. And then after that, I have my marketing meetings every Friday to do a week review and then to set up for the next week. And then after that, I prep my weekend and then I take a 30,000 foot view of the following week, yeah. knowing what's already been, what's already scheduled. You know, if I'm being on somebody's podcast or if they're on mine, if I have coaching calls, like all these things so that when I wake up Monday morning, I know what energy is required of me for the week. Yes. And I know what energy is required of me for that day, that morning, that moment, like this morning, we started chatting at eight 30, my time. And I knew what, I knew this last Friday and what was required of me today yeah. so that I can prepare mentally for what is needed of me so that I can show up to be the best version of myself. And it's not reactive. It's not like, Oh geez, I have a thing in five minutes. I don't even know who I'm talking to. Right. That still happens. Yeah. <laughs> but the more prepared I can be looking out the better. And like, even with content creation, so we try to always have at least two weeks worth of content created yeah. so that it allows us to really like think um, strategically about the stuff that we're posting Absolutely. and we're not missing a beat. Um, you know, and we do that even like with my PR coaching clients, like if you want to be in a Valentine's day gift guide, for instance, you got to start pitching the media in like late November because yeah. they publish stuff for Valentine's day in December. So like knowing what is expected of you for the task that you need, being prepared is the most important thing. So like the system is be prepared yeah. and show up, show up, show up on time. Consistency is your currency. I love that. So let's, let's go back toward the beginning of this conversation. And so last Friday, you looked forward to Monday, you knew we were talking, but let's say something Monday morning happens and it just, it puts you as it, as it put me in a, in a, in a, not the greatest mindset, how do you overcome mindsets that are not conducive to either content creation or having deep and thoughtful conversations? What, what, what do you have in your toolbox that allows you to prepare yourself for something that may be mentally taxing? Definitely coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Um, I do this thing every morning when I wake up, I walk up to the mirror and I pump my fists in the air 10 times, like Tony Robbins. Yes. And I just, I just shout something like not shout something, but I say something to myself at least five to 10 times about yeah. that day. Um, like if I have a couple sales calls, I'll be like pumping my arms in the air. I'm going to close these deals. I'm going to close these deals. Um, and just that breathing, that deep breathing, and like the punching in the yeah. air really helps set the mentality for that day. Um, in terms of like, things happening. Well, I have kids, they happen all the time. And like at any moment now they could be running upstairs saying, mama, I want this. I want that. Um, it is really just understanding who you need to show up for in that moment. And like really respecting that your baggage is not anybody else's responsibility. People can be very patient and forgiving, but for the most part, it's like, they're not really, people aren't here for your BS. <laughs> and so you just always have to try to show up to the best version of yourself. And this is what I work on every single day, every single day. And the person I was five years ago to where I am today is nine day difference. Like Absolutely. the stuff, like if I got in a little fender mender and dented my, like my car five years ago, I would have lost it, lost it. Same. Today it would have been like, eh, no one's hurt. Cool. What's your insurance? Give it to me. We'll get this stuff sorted out. Yeah. Right. And they control the controllable. Control the controllable. You have all these incredible little sayings, and I'm going to have to write every single one of them down <laughs> as I go through and edit this because they're, 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 they're short, simple, but they're concise and they, they, they carry a lot of weight. And especially when you said your baggage is no one else's responsibility. That, that, that is so incredibly important because we, the way... The way we, we if whether or not we choose to react or respond, so going just staying on the on the driving side of things, somebody cuts you off and uh, you know you cuss them out and you get you get furious and you're just you're in a heated mindset for the next three hours of your life. Can you just think about all of the people you're going to interact with in that three hour period and how <laughs> you're going to show up? for these people. They may be strangers, they may be employees, they may be your superiors. Can you imagine what's gonna happen if you walk into your office 15 minutes late and you get 
pissed off at your boss because he asked you where you were, and the only reason you're mad is because you somebody cut you off. Who was hurt in that situation? Certainly you right. weren't. And that the way we carry our own personal baggage and the way we choose to deal with it is so important because if we let that seep out into the world around us, that can really cause negative impact on not just our own lives, but others as well. Yeah, it's the victim mentality. Yeah. And I, I mean, admittedly, I used to be far worse. Um, and just recognizing that I had that is crazy. And who, who taught me the best was my son, Noah. And the stoic little Noah. Yes. And how he taught me this was just like the whole bro breaking his arm thing was one thing, but in his daily interactions, like my other son has more of a victim mentality. And I see, I see it's like how it affects his life, how it affects people around him. I've employed people that had terrible victim mentalities. Yeah. And these are people that are hurting. And I get that they're depressed. There's stuff going on in their life. They can't get over. They can't get through that hurdle. Um, but what they don't realize or they do and they don't care is how much it affects the people around them. Right. And it stifled other people's growth. Yeah. And knowing if you can actually see, oh my God, okay, this is happening. I'm not bringing this with me. We used to have this sign on our garage door. It's still there, but it's in our house on the East Coast that says, um, it says positive mind. It goes, welcome home, positive mindset, please. Yes. And that is a cue. It's a trigger to leave your BS at the door. Cause when you cross that threshold into your home, whatever happened during the day at the office is no one else's business. Yeah. Right. Your baggage is no one else's business. It's not their responsibility. And I'm showing up for my kids. Yes. It's tough. I have to bite my tongue. I want to complain about all these things. We lost a deal. This person said this, you can't control it. Don't try to control the uncontrollable. Um, and so it's, it's really looking at, okay, the victim mentality, how is this going to affect other people? Do they need to know? Okay, maybe that's one thing. They need to know, sure. Do you need to complain about something over and over again? It's not going to help. So right. my son Noah, I see it every day. It's like he didn't get the Cheerios that he wanted, but instead of throwing a fist about it, like a fuss about it, what does he do? He's like, well, what else can I have? And I'm like, Wow what a perspective coming from a seven-year-old that's not kicking and screaming yeah or it's like i cut the candy apple in half and my other son got the bigger piece noah sees it and he's like that's okay max you can have that i'm like why can't we all be like that that that, that is an incredible <laughs> amount of emotional intelligence that that's truly astonishing that's that's fantastic yeah um, yeah. So he's taught me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an important question. I mean, obviously when negative things happen, let's use in the workplace, for example, of course, some people need to know, but the way you talk about it with your em employees, your employer or your coworkers, you can, you can give it objectively or subjectively. You can, you can, you can inject your own emotions and bias onto it, or you can just say, Hey, we lost the deal. Here's why. You don't have to inflict positive or negative uh, connotations onto it. If you can be just, if you can be stoic, if you can be objective about it, that that is just going to get you so much further. Exactly. And the other thing too to touch on here is these feelings of resentment, which also tie in really nicely with the victim mentality. Is I see it in myself. The moment I start to get angry at somebody or something over over a little thing yeah i tried i asked myself why is this bugging me and here's an example is you know we're on the east, west coast of canada we're not we're not from here but we're close to the mountains and we're here for the winter time yeah. and my husband has really been like he's like yolo and he's like <laughs> gone every weekend snowboarding snow biking he's done like four or five day trips like he's he's gone a lot enjoying it yeah and I've never been the one to say, no, don't. But like now it's starting to be a little overwhelming for me, sure. given my oldest son is homeschooled and I'm running my business. And so last night in bed, I even said, I was like, listen, can we chat? And he's like, what? I go, I'm starting to feel some resentment towards you because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I need you to know so you can understand maybe sometimes why I'm short. And he's like, oh, okay, thank you. So I could have very well gone about my day, just like stabbing him, just yeah. nipping at him or being yeah. really accusational. Or I could have been like, here's how I really feel and why I'm doing this. And so let's chat about it. And he goes, thank you. 
and we'll talk about it in the morning. And I said, awesome. So I know that it landed on him and knowing him, he'll definitely make, he'll make concessions, but he'll, he'll actually put in the work yeah. to focus on this problem, knowing that I feel resentful towards all of this amazing fun that he's having. Yeah. And along those same, along that same path, I imagine if there were something that you might be doing that he perhaps would resent you for, he is just as comfortable talking with you as you are him. And that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes those things come out in, in fights, like little sentences that right. are thrown around. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm picking up on this cue now. Okay. Let's, let's, let's dive deeper on that. That's the thing I think that's really bugging you. Um, and we're very emotionally aware about these things, which I think has allowed us to have an incredible marriage, really. Yeah. Um, and it's taking those same tools to apply to our parenting and our leadership within our teams. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we start to wrap up here, I, one last thing I wanted to talk about uh, is living an integrated life. And it's something that uh, we, we had talked about previously. And I'm just, when we talk about integration, obviously the way you're handling your business, your family, and just everything, and you're creating SOPs for every aspect or element of, of those things, that seems to be very integrated within itself. I'm, I'm just curious if there's anything else that really ties all of that together. Yeah, so we actually, we have a mini documentary about the integrated life. If you go to YouTube and you search the integrated life, it should be one of the first videos that show up. Awesome. So we recorded that well before COVID. <laughs> and I feel like COVID has forced integration onto parents more yeah. than anything. Um, and so I think like we think about this balance, right? Like work-life balance, which would assume that work and life are perfectly balanced, which we know isn't the case. Right. So when you're looking at like thinking about integration, it's like, well, how does my family life integrate in my work life and vice versa into my health, into everything else? And when you start looking at it from that perspective, everything becomes easier because it's not like nine to five, Monday to Friday. It's get the job done when you have the capacity to do it, but yeah. also know your priorities. And for us, absolutely, it's family first. It's yeah. like, it's our mental health. It's our physical health. It's our emotional well-being. That comes first no matter what. And if Dan, my husband, can't deal with something that's happening with the kids, then he'll be like, I need your help. And I'll like, you know, we'll, he'll tap me in. My turn. Yeah. We talk about the kids being on our watch. Like, I'm like, oh, boys are on my watch today, meaning I'm fully responsible. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing that any day of the week, I just feel it's so integrated. And like, even with my son, he's his voice. He has a little, he has a little cameo on my intro, my podcasts say, subscribe to my mom's podcast. And awesome. why I do that is because I want people to know that he's important to me yeah. and he's a part of who I am. Yeah. Right. Um, and like the other thing too, for us was we've always, well, we've worked from home for a very long time. Um, and understanding that there's going to be days where, you know, kids are sick, or there's stuff happening. That is part of, of who I am as a business coach and a PR coach and onboarding new clients. I say that as like, you know, if you have a kid that's homesick and understand that I totally fully respect that it is, it's who we are and it's how we should live and it's how it should have always been. Yeah. I love what COVID has done is taking these like super high expectations out of what it means to run a business. Yeah. And now if you feel like wearing pajama bottoms on a Zoom call <laughs> with your superiors, you yes, can do it. Absolutely. But the, the blessing in this is that we have now, a lot of us have tasted more of what it means to live an integrated life. Yeah. And yes, there's probably more juggling that's happening now. But the whole idea is like, yeah, you can... You can have your business and you can have your family life or you can have your like single life, whatever you, whatever stage of life you're in. And it's all integrated. It's not one versus the other. They're not siloed. Yeah. I remember actually once my husband was raising around for his last uh, SaaS company and we were in San Francisco and I had a meeting and I, Max was two months old at the time. And I was like, Dan, whose meeting is more important? I don't know. He's like, I'm going in to raise a couple million. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm closing a $10,000 deal. Not that big of a deal. Um, he goes, you know what? I'm just going to take Max with me. And I was like, okay. So he brings Max to this investor meeting. And there's yeah. probably like 
five people there. He didn't end up raising money from them, um, but he brought little two-month-old Max, and let me tell you, he was the center of attention. That's amazing. <laughs> that meeting. It could have been the hook as to why they, <laughs> they gave him money. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, yeah. I, I think probably primarily prior to COVID, when you, th- when you say work-life uh, balance, I, I think to many people that was not, or what people really meant was work-life separation. And I, I think what you're getting at with the living an integrated life is that, that d- d- this, it doesn't need, and maybe this is my bias as, as being an entrepreneur, it doesn't need to be separated. And in fact, to me, I feel so much more fulfilled when I, my life is part of my business. My life is obviously a huge part of this podcast. And when I am able to really meld the two and let one flow into the other, that's when I feel like I'm most fulfilled. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And like after this, I have a sales call. And then this afternoon I'm taking my kids out to like play outside Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a, a family day here. Yeah. Um, but you know, other than that, it's like we homeschool our oldest and how do we get that done? Well, it's probably not perfect, <laughs> um, but it works for us. And he, he started his own company, of course, because yeah. monkey see monkey do. Of course. And that's part of his curriculum is working on his business and understanding, like I bought his domain the other day and how much that costs and how we did that. And when that renews, like nice. teaching him super fundamentals of business and he's eight years old. That's incredible. And so- if my life wasn't integrated, we wouldn't be able to do this because we would have had like a full-time person come in to educate him. Right. Um, but I think, I think it's also, it's, it's letting go of very traditional expectations of what it means to be a working person, yeah. a working mom, a working father, um, an entrepreneur is look at it from like 30,000 foot view. What do you really want in your life? What is important to you? And you can make it happen. It is, it's not bankers hours anymore, people. <laughs> it's, it's a different world we live in. <laughs> yeah. You know, as, as an exercise in, in happiness, I, I've kind of come up with the two questions that I, I tend to ask myself a lot. Do I want what I have and do I have what I want? And I, I can't answer that second question until I can answer that first question thoughtfully and honestly and knowing what's in my life that it's added that it is adding value as opposed to detracting value that's that has been more important than than anything else for me i love it and i and i always wondered what that meant um but i understand that now and part of, like this was a recent revelation for me too and quick story is yeah. when we came out here almost 2 months ago to the west coast of canada and we were here, we're, we're here for six months and we're going back. We shipped my, my car first and it was going to take a few or a few weeks to get here. So we shipped it first and we packed it full of our essentials, which was essentially my husband's like two weeks worth of stuff because then my car is going to sh- arrive afterwards. Well, there was ship, shipping issues with his car and it only arrived like a month after it was supposed to. <laughs> um, and so I was here for, I don't know, gosh, well over a month and a half with only two weeks worth of clothing. Guess what? I didn't care. Right. I loved it. I was like, this is very simple. Now I know what I'm wearing every single day. Nobody notices. And then when my car showed up full of all of my stuff or my husband's car showed up with all of his stuff and we started unpacking it, I got so overwhelmed and I got anxious. I'm like, why do we have all of this? Like it was, I'm like, here, let's have like, what do they call it? A, um, something wardrobe, a, not a minimalist wardrobe, but there's any, anyways, like you, you essentially have like the same things you wear over and over again. Most people don't know the difference. So this is just an example of like the bigger things in life. It's like, how can we simplify things? Because you want to want what you have. And let me tell you, the things that I have, I want, I've had the same winter coat. This is the sixth year I've had it. My winter boots, same thing. It's the sixth year I've had it because I love them. I want them. Absolutely. You know, it really, 
there's a reason why Steve Jobs and, and Mark Zuckerberg are, you know, it's not because of their wardrobe, but you have to imagine that because they were able to simplify just that one part in their life, it had an effect on how would they were able to not only show up in the world, but how they could use that that mind power elsewhere where it can be better utilized. It, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and you can imagine how they apply that philosophy to other parts of their life and business. Yeah. A simplification, like even the design of Apple computers, so simplified, Absolutely. right? Consistently, and they simplified even more and more. And so a simplification is what they say is the ultimate form of sophistication because yeah. it's really hard to do. Yeah. It's hard, but it definitely gives you more capacity. Absolutely. Well, Renee, thank you so incredibly much for, for doing this with me. This has been an extremely insightful conversation, and I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Um, I just have a few more questions uh, before we wrap up here, the first of which I always like to ask, because as I mentioned, I set the expectation with my guests. I, I love to, I love being a resource in whatever way I can moving forward now and into the future, and I'm always curious if there happens to be somebody listening across the world and this message resonates with them, what resources are you personally looking for so you can, so you can continue growing? And if somebody happens to hear this, they can reach out and say, hey, I can help you. Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> okay, so I, what, so essentially like what would I need help in the most? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, mm, 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 mm. I want this to be very intentional. Absolutely. So, I mean, here's the thing is I feel like the biggest gift you can give somebody is a smile. Yeah. And if there's anything, it's the pay it forward effect. Yeah. And so what someone can give me is their time in helping another woman pursue their dreams in life. That. So that's the biggest gift. I Absolutely. That's fantastic. All right. So we already touched on one of these books and I, I, I hope that you and I can continue our conversation on ego and Ryan Holiday and all of this later into the future. But I, I'm curious, you, you did mention one other book that uh, had a profound impact in your life. And uh, if you can tell me what that is and a little bit more about that and why it's impacted you so much. Okay. So I hope I, I say this right. It's the code of the extraordinary mind. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this book for me, it was the right time, the right place. Um, so it's, he, so for me, what really surfaced in this book is talking about bad rules, which he calls rules, right? Yeah. So how our, really the patriarchy has yeah. created and society has established these rules that, you know, someone said that's a rule. So now we have to follow it. And you think about kind of like how, like we're just a bunch of sheep in a herd right. sometimes. Right. And we're like, oh, well, I grew up and I'm not dissing anybody when I say this is an example in the book. It's like, I grew up in a Catholic household. My parents are super Catholic and it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful religion. I grew up in a Catholic household. I felt pressure to follow Catholicism. And I, you know what? I'm not, it's not me. It's not who I am. But to break away from that, right. was like, that was hard, but it really made me feel less shame in that book when he said, maybe it's a bad rule. It's a bad rule because your parents instilled this on you and it's not necessarily good for you. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so I don't have to go to a Catholic church? No, I don't have to go to a Catholic church. And I learned in all of this that I'm a humanist because I was really trying so hard to find this thing that I'm connected to. And people say I'm Christian or I'm Catholic or I'm Jewish. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And I'm like, but what am I? And we're humanists. And yeah. And part of this is, and why this is important is in like using this religion as, as an example is think about how this reflects onto so many other facets of life too, Yeah. right? Like, oh, my oldest doesn't go to school. He's homeschooled because of certain reasons. It's like, hmm, that was a bad rule that, that I feel like he has to go to school in order to get an education. Yeah. Who said that? Right. Right. No, like there's people that are like, nope, in order for him to be educated, he has to go to school. 833, Monday to Friday is the only way he can be, get an education. Mm, no, my kids are bilingual, uh, advanced in certain subjects, yeah. starting their own businesses, like not because they're in a school, but because we teach them outside of school. Um, and so that book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, there's so many other momentous things in there. There's probably stuff that'll land on you differently. But for me, it was that. 
in really understanding that there's rules in our society. I'm not talking about laws. Even some laws are, right. are wrong. Right. Um, but there's rules in our society that guide us that aren't necessarily good for us. And we have to be, without shame, break free of those rules for our own well-being. I love that. Um, I had not heard of that book uh, prior to this conversation, but it, it sounds like it's something that I need to read. So I will prioritize that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. No, it's such a good book. <laughs> awesome. All right. One, one last question. If you had a personal call to action that you can share right now for anybody listening, what would that be? Oh, I feel like I've said this a million times already. That's okay. Say it again. It can consistency yeah. is your currency. Absolutely. And that is like, if you are here and you are like, I'm so depressed, I don't know what to do. It's like, it's the consistent actions that make you happier. Listen, I've been depressed before really badly and been medicated because of it. And yeah. if it wasn't for the consistent daily actions, that's moving me like half a percent towards my goal, yeah. I would never have achieved it. And I think that is what fails us in society is we think everything's got to be a quick win quick this, quick that. No, it doesn't happen like that. I know. It's like the the story of of the hare and the turtoise, right? Who won the race? Yeah. Well, it was the slow little turtle because he was consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so my life or my advice would be be the slow turtle. <laughs> I love it. And again, I mean, you talk about reading books at the right time and I'm talking about having conversations at the right time. This conversation was had at the right time. And consistency, especially in this particular regard in content creation, no matter what your goals are, if you want to get better, again, it's not going to get easier to your point, you're going to get better. And that only happens by doing it consistently. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's a good summary. Well, Renee, <laughs> thank you again so incredibly much for doing this. If people would like to reach out to you, if they'd like to contact you, find out more about you, how can they do that? They can follow me on Instagram. It's Renee, R-E-N-E-E -E, underscore Warren. And the same across most social channels, or they can email me, Renee, at wewildwomen.com. Perfect. Well, again, thank you for doing having this conversation with me. Thank you for everything that you're doing in this world. And I really look forward to talking again. Well, thanks for having me. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to Renee for joining me on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about Renee or to even connect with her, please visit themosaiclifepodcast.com. Check out the show notes, follow her on Instagram, shoot her an email, and be sure to take a look at all of the great books that we mentioned throughout this episode. And of course, I want to thank you for taking an hour of your time today to listen to this podcast. It means the world to me. I hope it has been able to add value to your life. And if it has, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take just a couple moments of your time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That, of course, helps others just like yourselves discover the content here. If you are looking for more Mosaic Life podcast content, you can follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook by searching for The Mosaic Life Podcast. And just recently, I started utilizing the podcast YouTube channel. And instead of uploading full episodes of the podcast, I have started picking out roughly 10-minute clips for people to enjoy. If they're just looking for tidbits of wisdom, you can search for The Mosaic Life Podcast on YouTube, or you can find the link to that in the show notes. Again, thank you all so incredibly much. And I want to reiterate, if you take one thing away from this episode, it's that consistency component that Renee mentioned over and over again especially when it comes to content creation or getting better at anything in general. Being consistent is the key. Don't give up when you hit those plateaus. And if there's anything I can do to support you in that pursuit, please don't hesitate to let me know. Until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.